0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 4 of LA Cardu Podcast. Co-host Landman. Landman, say hello. Hey. So today we're going to cover uh, the WBC and how epic that was. Uh, we're going to cover a little bit of Japanese baseball, a couple of their main stars. Um, we're going to go into uh, a little bit of analysis on the Angels and the White Sox, their star players, some of their prospects, and how that relates to cards in the hobby. So, yeah, let's start off with WBC. How uh, how sick was that, Landman? Did you catch any of it?
1: I did, I caught a little I was uh I was a little sick, so went to the Dallas card show not too long ago and picked up more than cards. So
0: Oh that's right. Been- so yeah, we've been on a hiatus for like two weeks now. Um I had like a crazy deadline at work and Landman you did a card show. Tell us a little bit about the card show, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I went to the Dallas card show. They do it once every other month, I believe. And this was my first time selling cards there. And man, it was it was a it was a thing, man. It was they put me in the a new room, so nobody really knew about me the first day or two. And then they had the auto lines. And man, I I don't think I ate that entire day. I don't know if I took a bathroom break till my girlfriend came and relieved me at uh, like five or six. It was nuts. It was nutty but I'm signed up to do it again it was, it was a blast met a lot of cool people a lot of good baseball talk and picked up something man I thought it was covid but it was just probably a bad cold I was I was out yeah yeah
0: cool man so wait what did you say auto line what is that
1: oh yeah so like i don't know about like shows this is like a 4 day show and it's the second biggest show outside of the national really? um convention yeah and they had like a ton of people signing autographs and we're like all the way down this long corridor and there's a second entrance to the main room. And they put uh more tables there because there was such a demand for people wanting to sell there and oh, sick. got lucky, yeah. So I got in and I got there, and then it was good to have once people knew about it, because it just didn't have a lot of I mean, the show's been going on for years and nobody knew that room was there. But uh yeah, it was good. Just if I see it at the card show, uh any listeners. Don't be uh, offended if I give you a little bump instead of shaking your hand because I shook a lot of hands. I got really sick.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I always wonder, like, how's the prep for that? Do you, like, comp all the cards that you take? How long does it take?
1: (laughs) So this was my first one. I don't know if I did it right or wrong. You know, I adapted as I went. I changed things up. But I bought this big display case. I put stuff in there, uh, top-loaded stuff, nicer cards. Um, I didn't have prices at first, but I had notes, and I realized that probably wasn't a good idea. So I put notes on it. I put little stickers of prices on it. And then I had a bunch of, I bought three two row cardboard boxes, uh, mostly just with dollar cards um, that people like to flip through. Um, we'll see. You know, it was good, it was bad. And then I had two rows of uh, top loaded cards too with various prices. And then I did a uh, box. I did boxes and boxes of, team bags like 25 cards um rookies stars base chrome inserts bowman firsts chrome and paper and i was doing like five bucks for those but honestly like i'm such a sucker i just gave most of them away to like little kids (laughs) but it it was a blast but i mean the first night the night before the show i was up till 6 a.m prepping it and then Every other night, I was up to like 2 or 3 in the morning. My girlfriend was helping me comp, which is dangerous. Now she knows how to comp cards. <laughs> but uh, that, it was a blast. I, it was really cool getting to talk to people. Um, I highly recommend the Dallas Card Show. They put on a great show. And it's just – I mean, any card show. It's just fun. It's just fun to go like look at the stuff and talk to people who are kind of like-minded. I had a little sign. Put up my girlfriend, put up the QR code for the uh, podcast. So, hopefully, we have some new uh, listeners (laughs) this one,
0: dude. Nice, yeah, yeah, put in the podcast. Yeah, dude, those dollar boxes are my favorite. When I go to a show, I VIP night usually, I just go straight to the dollar boxes, buy all the Kershaws, of course. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm actually going to the national this year, first time ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, I already got tickets and everything. I like, I like actually prepared ahead of time. Usually, it's like it comes up and I'm like, damn, I should have gone. You know, but this time I actually thought about it and like, yeah, I'm going, I guess. So, so
1: you, are you actually going to go to the card show? Because I've been thinking about just going to Chicago and either maybe going for one day or just like hanging out with people. And like, I've met a lot of really cool
0: people. I mean, hell, we met on Twitter. Yeah. No, um, dude, a lot I, of cool guys go have a beer with. Dude, hell yeah. Dude, I lived in Chicago for two and a half years, actually. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I moved there for a job like 2008. And I saw, I went to Wrigley. I saw the Dodgers at Wrigley playoff game. Yeah, it was sick, dude. It was like 250 bucks for a bleacher ticket, like one ticket. I was like sitting crammed in the middle of everyone. It was sick, dude. <laughs> dude you feel like you're like right on the field, like you're like in a little uh, a little league game or something. It's not I bet that's long, dude. Yeah, it's fun, dude. And yeah, I don't know. So I know how to get around that city. Like I know like where to eat and stuff. So yeah, I'm going for like three days. I think we're gonna stay we're gonna stay in a hotel in like pfft, South side somewhere you know some cheap hotel, hopefully not to get like too much of a ghetto, but yeah, it's crazy down there, dude, like you'll make one turn, you'll be in like a cool neighborhood, you'll make one little turn, and you're like in the hardcore ghetto dude like that's a- yeah, like one little turn, but uh yeah, I mean it's fun it's the sports atmosphere there is is so awesome like every bar is like most of the bars are team specific so they'll have like they even have a USC football bar, uh team bar there. So it's like Really? Yeah, some USC well this was 10 years ago whatever but some yeah. USC guy went to uh that went to USC he opened a bar there, USC theme. So yeah, they have like different team bars and dude, ever you go in there and the sounds on. Usually in LA I'll go to a bar like a sports bar and they don't have sound, you know, but Yeah, there, like, it's
1: intermittent.
0: Yeah, so Cool stuff, dude. Yeah, I'm pretty excited.
1: Well, speaking of Chicago, we are going to get to the White Sox. And I got way too much notes on that. So let's start with something that's a little bit more uh, topical. The World Baseball Classic.
0: Yeah, insane.
1: It really showcased some of the talent. Like I know the big story going into it was like the stacked rosters of the US and um, the Dominican Republic just had some insane lineup. Mm-hmm. But it was it was Japan that won. And if you know a little bit about Japanese baseball, which I know you do, um, I worked at Sports Info Solutions for two years, and we did a lot of coverage um, and video scouting on the NPB uh, and the KBO. So I haven't worked there for a couple years So I hadn't gotten a chance to really see Some of these guys before So I was really excited to see them in action Um, We're going to talk about Two guys that If you saw the World Baseball Classic You know them They were hyped going into it And they more than delivered on the hype Uh, You want to talk pitcher or you want to talk hitter first?
0: Let's talk uh, pitcher first
1: All right, This is the guy Roki Sasaki Now, they have another pitcher who's a little bit smaller and a little bit more of a finished product right now. But just talking about Roki Suzuki right now, he's 21 years old. You get some differences on the height and weight. Um, He's about 6'3", maybe 6'4", 200 pounds. Um, He was drafted in 2019, and they shut him down. They didn't let him pitch in 2020 because they wanted to kind of preserve his arm. And in 2021, he only pitched 11 games, 63 in a third innings pitch, had a 227 ERA and 68 strikeouts and 16 walks. I mean, the control for a young guy is pretty impressive. Um, this year in the NPB in about 129 in the third innings pitch, it was a 202 ERA. The fastball velo jumped. He threw 173 strikeouts in 129 innings pitch against 23 walks. Like, that's pretty ridiculous. Japanese players have a great understanding of the strike zone. So you don't see a ton of strikeouts normally for most pitchers. That is one of the stupidest strikeout to walk ratios that you'll ever see. And this isn't the second best league in the world. Yeah. So it's it's impressive. And he does it with two pitches. He throws uh fastball, which is what everybody was talking about. I think he threw what, like twenty and all but one of them was over 100 mile per hour. Or all but a couple.
0: Yeah.
1: But he averages 98.4 on the fastball and get it up to 102.5, 102.5. Sorry. And it's just, it it's just electric. But he's also got a splitter and it's splitter. It can be called a forkball, but it's this. It's, it's really a splitter. Um. got it gets a couple different names over there, but he throws it in the ex, almost the exact same release point. And that thing just drops at the last second going 90 miles per hour. And it is a tough pitch. The The combination of the fastball splitter is just very impressive. And he'll succeed on, on those alone. But he does throw a slider in the mid-tie uh, 80s, about 86 to 88. And it's not there yet in terms of command, but it's got potential. But it's plus-plus on the fastball and the splitter. It is very impressive. Throws the... He well he threw 101 in high school. Like I mean it's he set records. I mean I could go on and on about this guy. It's really impressive. And he's 21.
0: So what are the rules with uh him coming over to the to Major League baseball? Like his so,
1: age. Or- yeah, so Japanese baseball it just in, in entirety it's different. Um their high school tournaments, this is a little bit off topic, but I think it's pretty interesting. Their high school tournaments are so big there like I mean high school baseball it is just a nationwide phenomenon and you'll get guys throwing like 200 pitches in one game and then coming back out the next series or the next two series and do throw them twice in one weekend they they ride them pretty hard which kind of explains why he was shut down uh, in 2020 um but they'll actually displace their uh professional teams so that the high school teams can have their tournaments. So the home team of a, of, a, of the Nippon Baseball League will move and go to a different stadium so they can do these high school tournaments. Um, but as for the rules in terms of posting, it is generally you get nine years of pro experience, and then you can get posted uh, to the Major League Baseball. So that would put him to be an international free agent in 2027. But the other guy we're going to talk about, there are ways around that. Um, you can request for your team to post you earlier. And um, in the case of Murakami, um, the hitter, he just signed a three-year deal and he had that negotiated in his contract, actually, where he will be posted earlier. So long answer, but a little bit of fun information, hopefully. We don't know about Sasaki. Um I suspect it'll be before 2027, but these are really big... He's a sensation, and baseball is enormous in Japan. So they tend to hold them a little bit longer. Uh, Say Suzuki didn't debut in the major leagues; he was twenty-eight. So yeah. they tend to hold them towards the end of that nine years, maybe not the whole length. Um, but some guys get left let go early because they do want to see these guys succeed in the MLB. So he could be one of those guys like Shohei who comes earlier.
0: Yeah. So. Manutaka Murakami, if I pronounce yeah. that right. So that's the guy. This is the guy who hit that double walk off against Mexico, right? Off the center field walls, total bomb, and hit a home run yesterday. This dude I was talking to our buddy in, in our in our group, Jairo. Shout out to Jairo. He uh he said he he told me this guy won the triple crown. I believe it was last year. At 23 years old. He's the youngest guy ever to win the Triple Crown of Japan's league. And he hit 56 home runs in like 400 some odd at bats. Crazy, crazy numbers, dude. This guy is yeah, a total he, stud.
1: He is. He he hit a slash line last year of 318, 458 OBP, and a 710 slugging. Um, walked almost as much as he struck out, 118 to 128 strikeouts. And in 141 games, he hit the 56 home runs, 134 RBIs, and he even stole 12 bases. I mean, he's not super fast, but, you know, he's, he's just a baseball player. He can just do it all. I mean, well, he can't really do it. He's not a good fielder. But in terms of, <laughs> in terms of his uh, offensive profile, it's very impressive and well rounded. And the, uh, the 56 home runs was actually a uh, NPB record for a single-season home runs by a Japanese-born player. They had a Cuban guy who hit sixty a couple of years ago, but he broke uh, Sadaharu O's record, and he's like the Babe root basically, or the
0: yeah
1: for sure. Mickey Mammal in j- Japanese baseball. He was just a legend there.
0: He's only got to hit eight hundred home runs, right? In I think years,
1: so. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been around for a little bit. Suzaki really only had two years. Uh, Murakami has been around for a few years and he's 553 total games. I think it's about three or four years and he's already hit 160 home runs.
0: Yeah, dude. People are going to be after that guy for sure.
1: Yeah. He's going to be highly in demand. I've heard that he would be immediately a top five prospect the day he comes over to the major leagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's great great plate discipline obviously. Um, He's limited defensively, but I mean, he's not—he's not—he's not Yordan he's not, he's not out there, but kind of in that category. Um, but yeah, he's got a nice swing. It's real short, compact, quick hands. Um, has a little bit of trouble with the fastball up and in. Um, so you know, you can make adjustments to that. The the comps I've heard—I haven't heard a lot of comps. The one I did hear was Freddie Freeman. That gives you an idea—the hit over profile, but still with some power in there, which is. Kind of surprised me, given that he hit so many home runs. Yeah, Um,
0: 56 home runs. I mean, Freeman doesn't hit home runs like that. Yeah. Yeah, so one thing I wanted to talk about with the Japanese baseball is how hard they practice, these guys. Like, my kid's seven years old. He was six last year. He had a kid on his team that was Japanese, and he played in two leagues. He was playing in the Japanese Torrance League. They practice... Four times a week, four or five times a week, and they have a game on the weekend. So they're playing like five or six times a week. On top of this, this kid was in my my son's league, so he was playing practicing another two days during the week and another game. So he was literally playing like seven days a week, right? Yeah. And these guys, I mean, their fundamentals, their their discipline, their hard work. I mean, it shows. I mean, look, they they beat they went undefeated in w- WBC which is I mean insane. it's
1: they're very high IQ baseball players and it's very like you said it's very fundamentally driven um the kind of the story I was talking about earlier I, I, there it's not unheard of when well, you will have these Japanese high school tournaments and there will be a guy who will pitch in one weekend to throw 260 300 pitches even I mean it's not the norm but it does happen it's not just a one time phenomenon like yeah. they right and they seem to be able to be built for it early on.
0: Yep, yep. Cool, cool. All right, Uh, let's move along. Let's segue that into uh, the Otani versus Trout matchup. Did you catch that one?
1: I did. You couldn't have come up with a better ending, or at least a better final storyline to end the World Baseball Classic. I mean, it was just goat versus goat, teammate versus teammate, Championship on the line, bull count, two outs. I mean,
0: throwing gas. Dude. Like I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, it was like, it was like a script. It was like, dude, is this really happening? I was so hyped in the last time. I can't remember. The, I can't remember the last time I was so hyped over in that bat, like maybe ever.
1: Well, I mean, did you see the viewership numbers on this I thing? Heard
0: about? I saw something about it, but I didn't believe it. I'll be honest, I didn't believe it. I thought it was like a meme or something.
1: It, it, I don't think it was. I think the numbers are serious. I think they got like just enormous, enormous ratings. I think what was it? Something like ninety-seven percent of TVs in Japan were yeah, watching.
0: That's what I didn't believe. I was like yeah. ninety-seven. Like, I mean, there's like farmers all across Japan and people in little cities, and uh, it's hard to believe. But if that's true, that's insane, dude. Like,
1: well, I mean, it just shows that there is a lot. There's a there's a love of baseball that goes beyond the United States. I mean, in the United States, the numbers that they do for TV wise for baseball, it's not anything close to what they were doing in other countries. I mean, it's just not. Yeah. But no, they, you know, they need to market it a little bit better because people clearly care. And maybe the, I don't know. I just, I just wish they could market baseball a little bit better. Just even just a little bit. Better. Obviously I wish more, but you know, with all these new young guys coming up, you've got Otani now can carry the torch internationally. Uh, Julio again. I mean, it's just an exciting time for baseball. And I hope, and I wish that they capitalize on it because the interest is there. Maybe not as much nationally as internationally, but certainly nationally as well. I mean, it was just, it was just a really, really successful tournament. And I think there are lessons to be learned and I hope that they learn them and really market the game.
0: Dude, Big Toshio is like Michael Jackson now. He's like Jordan, like surpassed him maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he could be the Michael Jordan in baseball. I mean, what he's doing is, we're talking about Suzuki and Murakami and this is, he does both better yeah. than both of these guys. I mean, no offense, they're terrific, terrific prospects. But, I mean, he was, he made the all-star team for pitching and as the DH. He yeah. had the highest exit below for a hitter and the highest V for a pitcher. I mean, it's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude. For sure. He's insane, dude. He's insane. But, I mean, if you want to understand how he became that good, there's an NHK documentary that I saw. It's like 45, 50 minutes. And it interviews his dad. And, dude, I recommend you guys watch that. It's, it explains like how he was be, able to become so good at both positions. It really does. They did it different. Like, his dad was a middle mid, uh, middle school coach. So, and he told, he said, dude, he's all, honestly, like, when Shohei was, like, 12, 13, I was like, there's no way he's going to be pro. Like, he just didn't think he was, you know. But he worked he worked hard, dude, and he got there. <clears throat> so, yeah, check that out. It's awesome. So, yeah. So, yeah, that matchup, dude, back to that matchup, like, I was watching, I was like, dude, there's no way Charles going to hit this guy. There's no way Otani's going to lose this battle. I just. Once I saw a couple of pitches, I was like, dude, there's just no way. And he didn't throw a breaking ball for a strike to hold that bat until that last pitch. And I swear. I like, what? When he let it go, dude, you could see he, he like knew. He like knew when he released it, right? He almost started celebrating like as he released it. It was so sick. Almost, it
1: almost it was like in basketball when you just shoot that shot and then you just penalty, you're like,
0: yeah, that's like it. Curry just turns around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, that was, dude, so, so awesome. So. All right, cool. So, yeah, let's talk. Since we're on the subject of Otani, um, we're going to do the Angels today. So, Landman, go to the Angels players a little bit. Let's see. Who are we covering? We're covering Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and uh, we're going to cover a a number of prospects I think you have on your list, right? All
1: right, yeah, I got a bunch of prospects. We'll try and uh, incorporate more prospect talk as we go along with these uh, team reviews and uh, get you hyped for the season. Um, Yep. Yeah, but, but you talk the angels, you gotta talk Shohei and Trout, and there's nothing that I can tell you guys that you wouldn't know because they're just generational talents. But the cool thing about these guys is what their hobby market does, and I think that's something you can speak more to, um, in terms of their iconic cards, their market. I mean, it's, it's just a ton of stuff, and it's which ones do you want? Which ones are the the guys to target, or the cards to target to those guys?
0: Yeah, show, I looked into Shohei's Japanese cards. I found a really interesting one. In 2013, I guess you'd call it his true rookie. He was 17 years old, and he had a card. And he looks like a little kid. I mean, he was a kid. That one, surprisingly, it's not like crazy, crazy high in price. I mean, the demand for Japanese cards in America is just not that strong. And in Japan, there's collectors. I know there's collectors, but... I guess they don't drive the market up that high for those those cards. So there's that one. There's his first another iconic card is his first uh, American card was um, 2017 Bowman Mojo or Mega WBC card. Is
1: that the black one?
0: It's the we're gonna sh- we're actually gonna show pictures of these cards. We're gonna edit them right into the video. So you guys want to go see – Yeah, we're gonna. After, I think we're going to edit. You can take it. For the, the, for the YouTube channel, if you want to see
1: what we're talking about, we're going yeah, to upload yeah, yeah. some
0: pictures. We're going to upload the podcast to the YouTube channel, and we'll have some images for you guys to follow. So, yeah, it's a 2017 Mega. It's in his J- J- Japanese uniform. When these boxes hit target, they were hyped, dude. <clears throat> I mean, Shohei's been hyped in the hobby from from the start. Everyone sure, yeah. got him. Everyone wanted him. I think the reason why he came over was he had a conversation with Mike Trout and, you know, Mike Trout was known as the best player in Major League Baseball. They really admire these guys. He had to talk on the phone and Mike Trout sold him, and he, he decided to go to the Angels. So Yeah,
1: well, so just a little, just a quick backstory on Otani. Um, we were talking about the Japanese rules for being posted and coming over to America. He was actually not considered um, a professional in terms of experience because of his age. So he was subjected to the international spending limits that you get for the um the j two period, which is traditionally it's mostly um guys in like the dominican venezuela um and that and that sort and where you're sixteen years old, you, you can enter this period so I think he was twenty one when he came over um but he but he was under the limit of i think it's twenty three so he actually signed for two point three million dollars, which is no, I mean, if he was, if he'd waited a couple more years, he could have gotten. I, mean, yeah. I, mean,
0: I remember you know? that. I remember that he was like, "No, I don't want to wait. I want to come now." And yeah, I swear, I remember them having the Angels having to pay off the team or Major League Baseball having to like give the team some money for him to come over.
1: They they might have the rules. That was right around the time the rules changed. Um There just really hasn't been precedent where somebody like this came over and were subjected to these rules in terms of the spending limit. So every team gets about five million or so to sign guys. And they so like Indies had already spent their money. Um I think they tried to And you can trade for more um of this international cap, but only I think 50% of what you have. Um so he was he was in it for them, but with Shohei, it wasn't really the money because there was only so much he was gonna get, and I don't think he was really worried about. Overall, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars here or there because he knew he was confident in who he was and what he would make eventually. But he also, I think, wanted to be on the West Coast. I don't know if he really considered the Yankees that much. I know the Rangers, the Mariners, and the Angels were the three finalists for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, he wanted to be in the American League because he wanted DH and have that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there's, uh, that car was a big chase when he first, when it first dropped. It hasn't- That's probably.
1: That's probably my favorite.
0: Yeah, the Japanese uniform. I mean,
1: yeah, with the black uh, mega yeah, background. Yeah,
0: exactly, but uh, I don't know a lot of a lot of like the Japanese uniforms, minor league uniform cards. They don't get as much hype as like the team uniforms, but it's definitely a, definitely an iconic card. Another one that I know we really love, man. I know you love it too. Is the uh, Otani gets hot 2019? Um, it's the landscape card. Where Trout is uh, shaking, about to shake Trout's hand, and you got the fireworks like going on in the background in center field. Okay. That is so sick. The good thing, the crazy thing about this card is it has parallels and it has sapphire. There's a sapphire version with parallels yep. on top of that. I think the base card goes for I don't know, $20, 30 bucks, twenty bucks.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not an base. expensive card. Cool card.
0: Yeah, I mean it's expensive for like a 2019 base card, but. Look, another cool oh. thing is it has kanji writing on it. So it has <laughs> Japanese writing right above the Otani gets hot. Super, super cool card. Let's see this. 18 Yeah, the Sapphire Base is just did eighty bucks on March fourth.
1: Okay. Is that raw or PSA ten?
0: No, that's dude, that's raw. Oh wow, okay. No, it's a dude, it's a highly sought after card. For sure. Yeah. It's got trout and otani on it, so
1: Yeah. yeah that's true.
0: So yeah and then uh his big big cards these are unicorns and only a couple of them exist and have ever been have ever surfaced one of them is the Tops Finest Kanji Auto 2018 Tops Finest and he has a an autograph right and Tops Finest it's in 2018 but it's it's in American like letters but this one is in kanji and I believe there's only been like th- three or four of them that have ever surfaced. And uh, this one I'm looking at that you're going to see is a PSA 10. And it's it's not – PSA does not uh, reference it as a kanji autograph. So it's just uh. referenced as a normal Shoei Otani base autograph. Um, but I believe there's someone on Twitter that posted this that owns it. Maybe uh, – an ex player, Phil Hughes or someone? Maybe here. I've
1: heard about it. The only one that I've seen is the uh Bowman Chrome.
0: Rookie, yeah. The blue. That's the next one I was gonna cover. It's a true blue. Uh first Bowman Chrome 2018. And it's at a 150 and it has a kanji autograph. It was pulled it was pulled early on, I believe, when the set first dropped on in a break during a break. And it's since then, it's the only one that's ever surfaced and ever been seen. Tops, I was contacted, and they, they said that there's more, there may be more in the packs. And this was early on. They said, oh, yeah, there's a few of them, but only one has ever surfaced. And, I mean, we're talking six six figures easy. I, I mean, that's, that's a definite unicorn, and it might be his most single sought-after card. Ever. I'd I'd say. Yeah. Ever just like super iconic. I mean, it's a one of one. So. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I I don't know the show hey market as well as you because I'm more of a Bowman guy, and he was straight from Bowman. He was a rookie, so he doesn't have a ton of Bowman cards. But that is one of, if not the coolest card I have ever seen.
0: Yeah, and when he dropped, he was his stuff was high, and I was like, dude, he's too high for me. I don't think he could. That's his ceiling. I don't think he could ever go higher. I swear I've said that like ten times since 2018. <laughs> I've been like, no, I don't want to buy stuff. It can't go any higher, and it just keeps climbing. Dude, his popularity popularity just keeps growing. He's clutch. He's a clutch player too under pressure. So,
1: is because I said the same thing when I got into the hobby um, a year ago, and I I still don't. I mean, I, I have a couple Otani cards, but like base or inserts, like nothing at all. Yeah. Nah. Like, nothing at all. Because I thought, you know, what's the ceiling with him? And how much can he go? Because we'll probably, I'm sure we'll get into this with Trout. But how has his, um, how have his cards been doing over the last, well, I know over the last week that they've kind of gone up because of the World Baseball Classic. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, how how much have they gone up? Have they gone up at all, if not more, in the last year? Um, What are are his prices typically doing? Like, not number-wise, but just
0: in terms of... Yeah. It this way: Three weeks ago, I bought a stack of 2018 Otani rookies, like just base. And I wanted to, I was with a plan of uh, flipping them, right? And one of my sales, two weeks later, they, they 75%, they, they almost doubled in price two weeks. So three weeks ago was a huge difference with his value compared to now a week ago, three days ago. I see people trying to sell his cards for crazy numbers, right, since last night. But I haven't seen many sales. And the eBay sales have kind of been about the same. So I say the biggest jump was from three weeks until two weeks ago.
1: So is this looking at his peak right now? And it, is it that much bigger than it was at this time last year? Or <clears throat>
0: This has to be his peak.
1: You, you think maybe peak. if he wins another MVP, you think it goes up? Or is it kind yeah. of a similar way? like where how much higher can they really go Yeah
0: exactly like cuz i i'm saying 3 weeks ago they were kind of they weren't that high then they almost doubled and now they're kind of like just leveling off i mean there's only enough people that you know on the planet to buy the cards and i feel like he blew up 2 weeks ago you know like he, his popularity like was in the hobby peak like 2 weeks ago so it hasn't been too much movement up but I, I don't know, man. Like, when he first started, his first couple of years, he, it seemed like he was breaking a record every game. Like, seriously. He's been breaking a record every game. They created a rule for him, right? The Otani rule where if you take a pitcher out, he could still come back in and hit. Oh, shit. We're going to cut that part out. Hold on.
1: Believe it. That's our action shot.
0: <laughs> this stupid light, dude.
1: <laughs> for those oh. who don't know, I, I highly recommend if this guy is in. Check out the YouTube channel and you can watch her try and catch his the falling bloopers.
0: light. <laughs> Fucking light fell, dude. All right. <clears throat> so um, we're talking about his market. So yeah, show his market. What were we talking about?
1: Well, I think we should now talk about your uh, physical acumen and your dexterity because uh, it was close, but I don't think you caught that, did you?
0: Dude, I couldn't catch it, bro. It was like five feet away from me. And I got this big table. Dude, I got this big glass table. It's like, it, the feng shui is terrible, dude. Like, it's so big you can't reach to, like, one end. So it doesn't really work that much, that good as a baseball card table because stuff falls on that end and I can't reach it kind of thing. It's kind of like, a, I don't know. It's a weird table. I got it for 40 bucks on OfferUp, though. I mean, it's, like, super nice if you're going to, like, eat with the family and shit. But otherwise, not too useful. So um, what we're talking about? Oh, I got one more Otani card to cover and it's my favorite SP. It's my favorite image, and that's saying something because he looks he looks sick on every card, right? It's the 2019 Topps Rookie Cut Bat on Shoulder SP, and he's he's like adjusting his glove, dude. And he looks like Wolverine, dude. He looks like a superhero in the picture. It's it's so cool. So that's that's number one for me for sure. He's got a dude. He's got some big image variations. I think he has a sapphire. Image variation, auto, it. it's, like, ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's kind of the situation I think Julio's going to fall under in that there are so many rookie cards of him. Now, at least with Shohei, you don't have the Bowman cards on top of it because, I mean, with Julio, you have Bowman first, which are obviously iconic, but you, then you have years of Bowman stuff too. Um, and yeah. he had, I think, three other Bowman releases before his rookie card. Um so it's just the kind of the matter of fact of which ones do you want. But, I mean, you know, as we always say, collect what you want. But you have options with Otani. And it, I've almost been kind of fallen in that trap where it's too much. It's to oversaturated, it, and I don't know which ones to get. But I think I've kind of settled on the first one I'm going to get is that um, the Sapphire one we talked about. I'd love to get the, the Mega, the Black Mega one, because, you know, the Black Megas are usually one of one. So I think that's why it looks so cool. And these are obviously not numbered. But those are pretty expensive cards.
0: Any black card is sick. You know my yeah. my thoughts on that. But um, that that speaks to how popular Tani is in the hobby too. His one dollar, two dollar, like rookie performer cards or or oddball Bowman Platinum cards. Those have seen the most jump, I think, in price because the, the the high the five figure cards only a handful of people can afford them, right? But these little cards, other people can afford them, so. He's so popular, his popularity grew so much that these little base oddball insert rookies have gone up a lot. They're like 12 bucks, 15, 20 bucks now, whereas a Julio Rodriguez same type of card is like a buck, you know, or two bucks. So spread across the whole his whole his whole hobby landscape it's 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 pretty. I mean, it's all gone up, especially the smaller cards.
1: yeah, I've just for my collection, I've just got mostly stuff I've pulled. Um, and I don't really chase him too much, but there are one set of cards where I've got a few of them, and I just got him in this really cool, massive break where it's a random team, and I got the Angels, fortunately. And, uh, you wanna guess the set?
0: What, 2018?
1: No, 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 it was, it was this year.
0: Oh, man. Not Project 20, not a Project, Tops Project. Uh,
1: Lego Fractor.
0: Oh, sick.
1: I got, I got, it was like, 40 50 boxes random team it was when they were like, before oh, they blew up damn. it was the most fun break i did all year and yeah. i went random team and i got the angels and i got a whole i mean obviously i got a whole ton of stuff but i got two purples and a few base and then trout i actually got a green a purple and some base and then i wound up buying a blue i mean i'm not gonna try and get the whole set because that rose gold alone would be five figures, four figures. Yeah, but yeah, those those my Otani collection of basically low level base and inserts and a bunch of uh yeah. <laughs> logo
0: print. Dude, that's a that's an example of a set like an oddball set that just came out. No one really paying attention, and everyone's like, "Whoa, these are really cool." It's almost like gimmicky, or like cheese ball, but it just looks so badass. Like when you you know, like it, you would think of it like, "Oh, we're just gonna put little." silhouettes of the MLB logo all our place. It's fun, but it just turned out badass. That's the set of the year, I think. Right For me,
1: it is. Yeah, for me, it was, I, I absolutely flipped over. I loved it. It's my favorite. It's tough, though. I mean, there were just so limited. Uh, it was kind of the perfect storm, and there were, it was a very slept on set. There weren't a lot of them. You could only buy them in very, very few places, and they kept selling out, and then they would put some more in, and then they kept selling out, but I wish I got more. They they retailed for fifty dollars, and it was just like a mega box. You had what like four or five packs of Topps Chrome, and then you had the two Logo Fract- Fractor uh, packs. And now they're anywhere from one hundred and twenty-five to I've seen people ask for two hundred for a box of them, and it's you will not get your money back at those prices. But they're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want them, just go buy singles because they're. Bug. such
0: Yeah. No. So how many Logo Fractor uh, cards per box?
1: Uh, I think you get ten, two packs of five. I think That's a good amount, I'm pretty sure. That, man.
0: How many? How many cards in the set? Like 300 or something?
1: It's the tops chrome set. I think. Um, oh, damn. The only differences are uh, Bobby Witt and Julio don't have parallels. They have uh, just base cards, and then they have the one of one rose gold. Um, but there, there are some guys with image variations that you don't get in tops chrome. Uh, Wander O'Neill Cruz. Um. I think, uh, Detmer is my, and some kind of like obscure rookies, not obscure, but tier three rookies. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's mostly, uh, O'Neill and Wander with the variations. And then there's some autos too.
0: Sick, dude. That's sick. Yeah. It's almost like a, like a mega meets Sapphire release, something like that. Yeah. Cool, cool. So
1: we, we talked about Shohei on the other end of the spectrum, Sprout. Now, 10 years ago, I wasn't collecting baseball cards. I collected when I was a kid, and then I got back into it last year. But Sprout cards are wildly different than Shohei, correct me if I'm wrong, because there wasn't that oversaturation. saturation um, He has very few sought-after cards, at least for Bowman, I know. Um, and his base cards, his autos, like every year his cards do well. Um, Oh, yeah. But what are the iconic cards
0: for him? Iconic cards? Well, I think he's a 2009 Bowman Auto, first Bowman Auto, and he was Auto only in that set. Um, he's got, of course, he's got the 2011 Tops Update. That's his like hmm. that's his iconic card, and that has colors. So some of those are really sought after.
1: So I've I've heard I don't again because I'm a Bowman guy, but I've heard. Of some of the stuff what's the there's like a cognac what's what's that
0: there's a diamond a cognac and then there's like a target yeah there's a target red there's a, a Walmart blue it's back when tops would do exclusives for toys, mm. for uh, Target and Walmart and they would insert reds and blues parallels and those are those are pretty sought-after they're they're hard grades because they have a solid solid color border and they're like paper cards so they're they're pretty tough grades um of course, you got the one of one, I believe it's a platinum silver um i don't know who i don't know who owns that, but yeah, those are like the main the main parallels, yeah, they have a cognac and then a diamond anniversary, which is
1: more oh, what's what's the difference? Are, are they numbered or are they just different?
0: no unnumbered else they're not numbered, no they're just okay. colors, yeah, and uh the cognac is just a dark orange like a gold version of, uh, the diamond anniversary. Okay. So, and they're really shiny and nice looking. I mean, to me, they're like, okay. They did like a, they did a whole, um, like hall of famer, like set for 2011, I believe. And it was like Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, and those all come in diamonds and also come in cognac. I just bought a Hank Aaron cognac. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're cool cards. Yeah, they're cool. It's cr- they they retro these players like almost every year and across like a multiple sets. But, I mean, they're iconic. People keep buying them. You know, like it brings in the, the older collectors to the newer stuff. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, there's those. And what else does he have? He just has a lot of really sought-after parallels like 2012, 13, chrome, um, colors, and, and tops. Uh, he has – some SPs, SSPs that are that are crazy rare. He's got like a sparkle in two thousand fifteen, where it's just the only difference is there's a little sparkle on his on his uh, hat. Have you seen those? The sparkles?
1: Oh, I think he showed me one of these. Yeah, yeah where like it's very like um, subtle, but if you look and you know what you're looking for, it's got the little sparkle and it's like a diamond. I think I think I've seen it maybe on the belt on some players.
0: Yeah, it's it's. Crazy it's crazy how hard it is to find. I think it's 2014 that has this or thirteen, I'm not too sure. But yeah, he's got one of those where it's Sparkle on Helmet. I believe it's two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. That one's that one's really sought after. Super rare because yeah, like you said, people don't notice them. I mean I've I even saw a guy post it he found one at like a card show, <clears throat> like in a stack of just comments. Right? If you look closely you see them So a lot of those are lost. But the is not too high because it's such a minor change. Right, mm-hmm. It's not a different image. So he does has, have image variations that are crazy sought after. One of them is a 2016 SSP Tops Series 1, and he's pointing the bat straight at the camera. And it's like so oh. straight that you just see the front of the bat. And it's from the bottom. The picture's like from the dugout from the bottom. It's just sick, dude. Yeah, it's so He has a Gatorade bath. He has a... Was it? I forget exactly the year. It might have been 2014. They did a a very image variation set called Shades, <laughs> and they had every like they had maybe 15, 20 players and had cards, and they had just like Oakley Shades on, right? So it was a different image variation, but it was almost like an insert set. But yeah, trout has one of those.
1: Wait what what year was this?
0: I believe it was 2013 or 14.
1: Okay, because I know there's an insert in, was it Tops Series 1 or 2, where it's like the Shades of Greatness?
0: Oh, I remember that. Yeah, no, this is, these are like the the same design, they're image variations. Okay. But technically they're like SPs, it's almost like an insert, right, since it has like a theme. But yeah, they're considered like, I think, SPs or SSPs. So So I'm
1: not off that Shades of Greatness insert?
0: Yeah, no. Wait, (laughs) are you talking about the one in the 90s? There was one in the in the night. There was one in Pinnacle. That was a long time ago, dude. Oh oh yeah, and they used to have them in the cans. Yeah, and like had like a cheesy filter on it, and had like yeah, it was was Pinnacle. I forget what year that was back in the day. So yeah, there's that SSP, and uh, yeah, his prices have uh, kind of leveled off. I think it has a lot to do with well, he had that injury. I think it was last year that injury scare. It was like a yeah.
1: It market kind of fell out a little people bit he dropped a they flipped out, thought he wasn't gonna thought his career was over cause of the back, and then missed like a week or two,
0: yeah, 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 he got like a massage, and he was good <laughs> yeah, but everyone freaked dude. and his cards went down, and they didn't go back up after that. They kind of dropped and then leveled off, and then people are starting to realize like, yeah, he's a great player, he's on the wrong side of thirty, and he hasn't really been to the playoffs. And he's there people are in the hobby are like, man, I don't think he's ever gonna win a championship. And championships Maybe. really affect the value of, of players' cards. So yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. Tough one there.
1: You know, for me, Trout is like the he's bulletproof. I don't think he's gonna you're gonna see a lot of um improvement. I mean, if he wins a championship, he's already won multiple MVPs. It's kinda like when you get um a prospect and in, in not in baseball, but in like basketball or football and they stay till their senior year and they've been evaluated so much. You get prospect fatigue and people and, and analysts will poke holes where there really aren't holes and just should have tried because they have so much film on them. We'll try and knock them down and they just get fatigued. That's what trout kind of reminds me of. Like he's won multiple MVPs. He's the greatest baseball player of our generation and it really isn't even close. Yeah, And he's still performing at such a high level, but I think everyone's just kind of like, he's just been doing it for so long that, you know, it's just kind of leveled off. But I think similar to how vintage always keeps its value, I think Trout will always be a valuable player in the hobby.
0: Yeah, yeah, big time. So, yeah, I guess to my point of winning a championship, if he did, his stuff would spike high, right? Yeah. Yeah, it would spike. But until then, it's going to level off.
1: I mean, look look at Jeremy Pena. His stuff went. Just snapped up the second they won. Yeah, and and then it leveled back to what it was before. So, yeah, I think there uh, to that point there are room for growth, but I I I would think and let me know what you think that this is what Trout's value will be until maybe he makes the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I agree. Or wins a championship. I mean, maybe wins a couple more MVPs. It might go up a little bit, but yeah, like you said. Excuse me, when somebody gets at a certain level of popularity it's real easy for people online in the media to cause controversy and get attention right so yeah so they'll nitpick at one little thing or trolls will and they'll get a big reaction the next thing you know is to people start talking about it because it's being talked about and yeah and
1: it. and you heard people i mean i already heard it like oh trout's done <clears> just because of the at bat against shohei that who's who's hitting him Mm-hmm. And and just to clarify, I wasn't saying that Trout might make the Hall of Famer. I said his, I meant his value might go up in the hobby. Yeah, when he, because he's if he's not a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer, that's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah.
1: All right, so let's move on. From that um, one. there's one other guy I think you wanted to talk about, and that is Joe Adele.
0: Joe Adele, <clears throat> super hyped in the hobby from when he came up, or even before he came up, and just hasn't done much in the major leagues. But surprisingly, his cars are still up there in value. <clears throat> uh, Bowman First Auto in uh, 2018 did 198 bucks. This is when he's pretty hot. And now, today, recently, March 15th, it did 260 Really? Yeah. So his prices have pretty much stayed the same or gone a little bit up, which to me is kind of crazy. Because usually when a player's like hyped and he's coming up his his stuff goes higher than it than it should be worth unless you're like a cunha and you come up and blow up. But this guy has done nothing and his cards have stayed or gone up, which is crazy.
1: I mean as far as a Delta player goes, top five prospect when he was right before his debut, the tools are enormous. He's got legit 70 grade game and raw power, but he just strikes out too much. And it was last year in 88 games played, he struck out 37.5% of the time, and then he walked just under 4%. Like. Hold
0: on one second. Sorry, I got to interrupt. Hold on. Oh. Oh. Sorry, bro. My, I guess my plug got yanked out when my light fell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, hopefully we didn't lose the from uh, <laughs> all the Shohei and uh, Trout talk.
0: Sorry to interrupt. My laptop is about to die. So. Uh, oh, okay, okay, we're good. Yeah, I got yeah. Cool. yeah so the, Joe uh, Adele and his crazy prices uh, relative to his perform his lackluster performance.
1: Yeah, honestly, I don't see a guy succeeding with those type of. Uh, Strikeout numbers and the plate discipline just not there. I mean, I know he's had some pretty big uh, hiccups in the field if you've watched him play over the years. He's super athletic, and you would think he would have better uh, defensive value, but maybe it's an instincts thing. I don't know, but he's almost 24, and he, it's just the plate discipline for me is a huge red flag. Um, I got him in a fantasy league, though, so I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> – i'm I'm hoping
0: he turns it around for now Uh, yeah so as far as his cards like i mean like you guys know i'm really into image variations and it took me a while to find a cool joe dell card a cool looking joe dell card like in my opinion i found a 2021 Topps chrome sp image variation which is pretty dope dude he's like finishing his swing is from behind and pretty clean card um But, yeah, you know, like, I'm not big on Joe Adele, so. (laughs) But, yeah, you guys will see that card. It's pretty pretty clean. Pretty clean. If it
1: clicks, I mean, he can be a stud, but. Yeah. It's not looking like it's going to click, but, you know, I I hope I'm wrong. But um, there's hope. There's hope. You know, he was supposed to be the next guy to join Trout. Um, They've done some – they've had some interesting – happenings going on on the farm it was a pretty rough farm system but they've really turned it around um obviously it's still towards the bottom but you know with trades and just kind of not great drafting um history they in 2021 i believe it was there was it was 20 rounds in the draft they took all pitchers every single round they took a pitcher yeah (laughs) you want a little bit of a balance there but They wanted some help coming up on the farm, and and it's starting to get to the point where they've got some guys who are really kind of interested. It's not a deep farm system, um, but they do have a few guys that there is a reason to be excited for. Um, Number one is Zach Nito, uh, shortstop. He's kind of creeping into some uh, top 100 lists, real back end. Um, Shortstop, the 13th overall pick last year. Um, it's a, it's an ambitious swing is what I have it put in. Uh, ambitious with a quotation marks. He, uh, very aggressive, but he was productive. So he was a college guy. So you kind of want to see that because in his first taste of professional action, he's going to be, um, college guys just have more success because they have more exposure and more experience. But he's got a plus hit tool. He only had 30 games in his debut. Um, 21% strikeout rate 6% walk rate so it's not bad I'd like to see him walk a little bit more but that kind of goes into how aggressive he is at the plate Um, big uppercut swing um, hit overpower but he he's got a plan at the plate and the plan is swing Um, he hit 320 last year with a 382 OBP so it's a very good OBP but I think he was kind of not really challenged as much because of his pedigree. Um, but his, his cards do well. It's about 50, 60 bucks for a base auto. Um, he's one of the guys who I think will be up first in the 2022 Bowman draft class. Um, so if you want a guy and you want to get him and you want kind of a more of a immediate upside, there's a chance he debuts next year. I wouldn't put my money on it, but I wouldn't be surprised either.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, sounds good, dude. So who else you got for the Angels prospects? You got anyone else?
1: Yeah, I got a few guys. Um, I got two more guys I really like, and then I have a couple sleepers, just kind of guys to watch. Um, Edgar Cuero is a catcher. Now, you know I like catchers. I don't care if you're a hitter, a catcher, a pitcher. If you're a good baseball player, I'm going to PC you, at least a little bit. Um, He's just under 20 years old. Similar kind of ranking. He might kind of crack um the back end like kind of eighty to hundred or just fall off a top one hundred list. He's got fantastic plate discipline. Um raw defensively, but he went straight to the complex league in 2021 after signing. Um hit 17 home runs. He was the MVP of the Cal League after he got promoted uh in 22. Uh hit three twelve with a four thirty-five OBP. I mean he walked 14% of the time and struck out 17.7. It's very, very disciplined, very good idea at the plate. And he does have some nice pop. I don't think he's going to hit for huge power, but for a catcher, I mean, he had 17 home runs. He was the MVP. He's got a chance to stick behind the plate, which I don't know if that helps or hurts his hobby value, but his, uh, base autos were doing, uh, pretty similar, about $50, maybe a little bit less. Um, and I think his parallels might not be doing the kind of multipliers that you would think they would be doing. So he might be a guy that you can still buy on. Um, the upside is really big. He could be one of the top catchers in baseball if this trajectory continues.
0: Yeah, for sure. I had a speckle of his. I think I sold it for 80. Yeah. So, yeah, 50 to 80. Not too big of a jump.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, with, with comps, these they could have changed in the last week. Um, I ran these comps. Uh, before I got sick. So I don't think it would have moved a ton, but it's possible it dipped a little bit, you know, with the spring training is not really the best time to buy prospects. The end of spring training, I think we'll really start to see prices on Bowman shoot up. And then obviously during the year when uh, you get some numbers on them, I think prospects really only rise in spring training if they're doing well in camp, not necessarily if they're going to break camp, but if they're succeeding against major league players, I mean, I know Bobby Witz just blew up last year when he did so well that he uh, wound up earning a spot when he was probably you would have thought at least a year away. Um, and I know Jordan Walker thing this year, yeah. And we, should, well, I think we'll probably be talking about Walker maybe next week. Um, not necessarily the Cardinals. I just you got to we got to talk about it. He's yeah, just yeah.
0: Too- for sure, uh, dude. So, yeah, no, Quero, Quero, Ed and Quero's cards have pretty much been the same. I think 48 bucks was like the last sell for a base Bowman Auto, so.
1: And they they actually, you know, it's interesting. The next prospect on my list uh, is Logan O'Hop, who they got in the Brandon Marsh trade. And he actually made his debut last year, but I think it was just a very small cup of coffee, uh, like five games, I think. Um. And so it's going to be interesting to see who the catcher of the future is going to be for them because, you know, Hop is ready now. He might get some, and he will play in the majors this year. I don't know if he'll start, Um, but he's a kind of a similar player. He has great, great plate discipline, average power, but the makeup is off the charts. Teammates rave about him, which is what you kind of really want to hear in a catcher. It may not be translated to hobby value, But he hit 26 home runs. He walked more than he struck out. Um, He was an overslot pick in the 23rd round. So he wasn't a big prospect, but he was worth the gamble with the upside that they paid him extra money in the later rounds. And uh, I think he's kind of maybe more along the 50-ish range in terms of top 100 prospects because he's so far along and he's done so well.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, is that, uh, is that your last prospect for the Angels? Because we got the White Sox next.
1: We do. I have a few more. I wanted to kind of do a couple quick hits on Angels guys. All right, for Those sure. These aren't guys that are top prospects for them. Those are three of the top prospects. These are just guys to kind of put your put in your back pocket and kind of maybe tuck away and see what they do. Um, I'll just do real quick hits on them. Um, their first round pick in twenty twenty one, Sam Bachman was bad. He was bad last year. He was injured. He's got an injury risk. He's got command issues, but when he's right, he's got a 100-mile-per-hour fastball and a mid-80s slider that are plus-plus pitches. Um, the slider, I think, was the best pitch of anyone, maybe, in the 2021 draft. Um, there's a relief pitcher risk, but he was the ninth overall pick for a reason. His prices are not good. He might be a cheap flyer if you like pitchers, but there is a real risk that he goes to the bullpen if he even makes it. command and health are two big uh factors for him. Another one is adrian Plasencia. uh he was in twenty twenty two bowman chrome he was good he was good last year um high k rate thirty percent k rate um yeah. but he's got good speed um he's got some power it might kind of profile to averageish but if you can get him cheap. He's not on my list, but he's kind of on a on an ancillary watch list. Um, the guy that I like, and this will be the last guy I talk about, is Warner Blakely. Um, also strikes out a lot. He had a 30% strikeout rate, which I normally don't like. But he's 6'3", 185, needs to add some muscle. He was a fourth-round pick in 2020. They paid him extra to get him to sign. And he's got plus power. Hasn't showed up necessarily in games yet, but he does have that potential. Um, in 55 games played, he had a 447 OBP, which is crazy, especially for as much as he struck out. I was, I was surprised about that, but he's a guy that I've got, uh, I've tucked away a couple for, and you know, it's, it's a risk, you know, all Bowman, all prospects are, but, um, at the price point, I think he's kind of a worthwhile guy. He's probably more in the seven to 10 range of their overall prospect rankings for just, just for the angels. But he's a guy that if he continues on the gains he made last year and he can limit those strikeouts, add some muscle, I think he could be uh, a guy who can really jump up on the scene.
0: Cool. Can you uh, just cover or go over the names of the players you covered? Just like list them out? Yeah.
1: yeah. So in terms of the top prospects for the Angels, the guys we're looking at are Zach Nito, Andrew Cuero, and Logan Ohop. And that's – Nito is a – First-round pick, fast-paced guy. I think he might have even hit double-A last year. Um, he will be up soon, and he will be a hit-over-power or hit over power guy. Um, and then Edgar Cuero is the young catcher. Logan O'Hop is the uh, major league-ready catcher. So if you like catchers, they have good bats too. Um, and then the flyers that don't, don't hold me to these, these are just dart throws. Uh, Sam Bachman, their first overall pick in 2021. Adrian Placencia an international guy in 2022 Bowman Chrome, and the guy I like, uh, 2020 draft, fourth rounder, Warner Blakely. I think those are guys that you can get cheap and they could do something. But know that the bust risk is pretty high because they're cheap for a reason.
0: Thanks for listening to Episode 4, Part 1 of the LA Card Dude Podcast. We'll be releasing Part 2 sometime next week, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at LA Card Dude. And follow Landman at Landman113. Thanks, guys.